Hey, y'all, Lucas from the Fantasy Football Fellas here. Before we get into today's episode, want to announce a massive giveaway we are running right now. For hitting 100,000 followers on TikTok, we are giving away a $500 NFL game day experience to a regular season game of your choosing as a token of our gratitude. You can earn up to 15 entries into this giveaway. Listen closely. I'm about to tell you how you can enter. First step, click on the link in the description. It is the only way to enter into this giveaway. You can't join in any other way possible. Once you're done signing up, you'll need to complete at least one or more of the next methods I'm about to list off to officially be entered. You will see them once you are done signing up. There's a whole list of them. You have to do it through the link in our in our description here. You'll gain one entry by following us on Twitter. Joining our Discord will get you two entries. Following our podcast on Spotify gets you three entries. You'll get four entries for subscribing to our YouTube channel. And lastly, if you use our code fellas over on Underdog Fantasy, you'll get five entries into this giveaway. So you total all those up, you get 15 entries into a $500 NFL game day giveaway. Entry into the giveaway closes August 8th, so make sure you go get entered into that right now. Go click on the link in the description, complete one of those methods I just mentioned, and you'll be entered into a $500 NFL game day giveaway experience. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. We're out here on a Tuesday night recording for you all. Lucas and Tyler hanging out. Tyler, how are you doing tonight, man? Man, I'm doing good. Um, You know, just would like to make it known the things that we put up with to record on a Tuesday. So then you, the viewers, the listeners can hear what we have to say. I mean, we've been over Tuesdays before, have we not? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can do it again. It's been a while since I've gone on a Tuesday rant, but I figured I'd spare the people this round. I, I I know it's a Tuesday, but I don't want it to take away from the fact that, hey, football's officially back. Every team's in training camp, baby. I know we haven't played any preseason games or anything, but like you said, every team is back in training camp now. Like, it's back. I, I am ready to just eat up all the anonymous beat writer reports on why Traylon Burks still struggling with asthma, hocked up a couple loogies at practice and all of a sudden he should be faded in fantasy drafts. I'm ready for all of it. I'm ready for all of it. All of it. I mean, we, we have probably our biggest news and notes section of the off season so far. We're going to have to fly through that. I mean, there is so much there. We'll try and give as many thoughts as we can, but I mean, there, there's a lot of juicy stuff here. And, and the best part is it's not even beat writer stuff. Like it is all like from either coaching staffs or like the Adam Schefters of the world themselves. So right, right. there is a, a ton to report here. So we will, we will fly through all those, but first. I know that sound. 50 leagues in 50 days over on Underdog Fantasy. Uh, we are excited to be partnering with Underdog. We've already had so many of you sign up to play in leagues with us already. Thanks for coming and playing. We're still hosting leagues. We are on day nine as we're recording this. Tomorrow, as you're listening to this, will be day 10. Uh, so we're we're 20% of the way there already. Can you believe that? That's crazy. That really is. You hit that first 10 and you're like, oh, crap. Uh, this is actually flying by and we're actually clipping along. Uh, so come join us on Underdog Fantasy. You can sign up uh, on Underdog using the promo code 
Ella's. That'll get you a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Uh, if you really, like, if, if $3 entries into playing leagues against us just doesn't cut it for you because, you know, we're just trying to make it affordable for everybody to join, go get in on Best Ball Mania 3. They're giving away $10 million in prizes, $2 million to first place. I'll tell you right now, I already drafted us fellas the winning team and posted it on our TikTok. You may as well not even try. I, I, you may as well, I, $2 million, like we're, we'll be rolling in dough next year. We'll be the next big thing, probably realistically. But hey, I want, I got to talk my talk. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, look, if you don't play fantasy football with, any confidence i'm sorry there's a direct correlation to not winning your leagues because you have zero confidence it's a direct correlation i thought you were going a different route with that honestly i thought you were going to make it a plug of like if you play with no confidence then best ball is honestly for you because that's honestly the argument i would make see and this is why it works so well when we do a podcast (laughs) together because we cover all the bases (laughs) we cover all the bases uh yeah no if if this is your first experience with fantasy football best ball draft so underdog is all best ball right you draft a team uh you keep that team for the entire season there's no waivers there's no trades there's no cuts there's no no nothing but your best lineup is automatically played for you every single week so you don't even have to manage your team in season so i it, it is probably the one of the most fun ways to play fantasy football in our mind where you can draft teams against other people play for prizes and literally have all of the work done for you so again underdog fantasy promo code fellas they'll give you an instant match on your first deposit up to 100 uh, if you want to play in leagues with us you can check out our link tree uh it'll be the third link over in our link tree to play in the daily league with us every single day all right let's get into it let's get into the news because we have got a lot of news we're already five minutes into this uh and <laughs> It's going to take us a long time to get through this news. Uh, biggest, most relevant piece of news, and, and thankfully we can spend little time discussing this because we'll actually be discussing this player later. Julio Jones signs a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I didn't see this coming. I fully expected it to be with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, especially with another piece of news coming up later. I fully expected it to be Green Bay, but he ends up now with Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette in the best offense in the NFL. One of for sure. I I just just drop that. Schefter just dropped that bomb on us today. So uh we'll discuss Julio Jones and the fantasy fallout of that later. Uh we'll keep things moving here. We'll, we'll unfortunately have to move to a more Unfortunate piece of news. John Mechie, rookie out of Alabama, diagnosed with acute, oh, promyelic, oh, goodness, so oh, I, I, acute leukemia. I butchered that and I really shouldn't have. Thankfully, the form of leukemia that he has, though, is the most curable. He had, he came out and said on social media yesterday, he will not be playing professional football this season. So, uh, our, our prayers are up for, for John Mechie. That is just not how you want to start your NFL career. I There's nothing fantasy to break down about this. Uh, just yeah, pray, prayers for John Mechie. That is just not how you want to start your NFL career. Chris Carson, running back of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I think this one deserves applause. Retires from the NFL today. 
Chris Carson, thank you. Thank you first and foremost for one, like making fantasy managers and believers like myself over the years be very happy with your performance when you're on the field. But secondly, thank you for making the right decision. Yeah. This was not worth risking your health. And I, I enjoy retirement, man. Happy retirement for Chris Carson. I uh, nothing but the best for that man. I'm picking up some maybe it's just me. Maybe there's some undertones to just thank you for solving the headache that we all had for the Seattle backfield. Just just a little bit. I mean, we weren't really expecting Chris Carson to do a whole lot this year, <laughs> but it was a wrench. Yeah, it, it, it was a wrench. It was a wrench, and he made it a lot easier for us. So, of course, Chris Carson can ride off into the sunset, and we will support it all the way. Big salute to Chris Carson. Debo Samuel does report to training camp. Uh, GM John Lynch says that report or not report talks, contract talks are happening. Nothing really to be said here. This is just kind of expected. If you're Debo and you want to stick around on the team, couldn't find a trade. I hope, I hope contract talks are happening with your team and you show up to camp while those talks are happening. Uh, another piece of 49ers news. Kyle Shanahan said today, 49ers are officially moving on to Trey Lance. It was a business decision between the team and Garoppolo uh, for them to move on to Trey Lance as a starting quarterback for this year. How much more confident does it you because because Tyler, you were as, as long as Jimmy Garoppolo is on the team, you were in full belief that he was going to be the starter. So mm-hmm. what does this mean for Trey Lance now? Because you went through and adjusted your rankings today. I don't know if you got as far as getting to the 49ers, but where is Trey Lance now for you if you have adjusted your rankings? Yeah, I I have adjusted my rankings over on the fellas draft guide. Just a quick little plug. Yeah, no, yeah, five dollars. Venmo Cash App PayPal, all in our link tree. See, Include your email. You... We'll get you predictions on literally two hundred plus players and from all three of us. So it is literally six hundred total projections for it five dollars. For five dollars. And you will see the most up to I shouldn't say the most up to date because it does take us a couple days to to get around to everything. Right. We're, but we're, we don't do this professionally yet. So. Right. But you you see us you see all the updated rankings, right? Because I had like you said, I had Jimmy Garoppolo in my list of quarterbacks. And now that he's not going to be the starting quarterback, I had to take him out and put in Trey Lance. So as a nice little transition, I have Trey Lance as my QB 13. Okay. And I know rushing QBs are such a, a, a cheat code when it comes to fantasy, right? I don't deny the fact that Trey Lance could finish in the top 12, top 10, even because of his oh, yeah. rushing upside. What does concern me, though, is is he going to be more of a Jalen Hurts quarterback where the rushing's there, but the passing ability is meh? Or is it going to be kind of more like a, dare I say, Kyler Murray, right? Sure. Where it is, you know, an efficient passing production. It is efficient passing production and rushing production as well, right? So maybe, you know, I'm just a little hesitant, but I, like I said, I, it's, a cheat code to find a rushing quarterback and Trey Lance fits the profile to a T. I feel like I I love that you brought up Kyler Murray too, because I don't think Trey Lance is going to have 10 rushing touchdowns this year, but I do think he's going to be a better arm talent than Jalen hurts. 
That being said, I think he has more rushing upside than Kyler Murray, but I don't think he's going to be the arm talent that Kyler Murray is. So it's mm-hmm. like, how do you fit Trey Lance in the middle of those two? Jalen Hurts is just going to score rushing touchdowns and put himself in the top seven conversation automatically, right? Like there, there's really no denying that. But then you get to Trey Lance, and it's like, okay, I could probably put him ahead of Stafford. I really want. I could put him ahead of Dak if I really want. I could put him ahead of. You put him ahead of Joe Burrow if you really wanted to. I wouldn't bat an eye at it. I wouldn't bat an eye. I don't think I will. I, I I'm not. I don't think I'm doing it personally. Uh, I'd have to triple check my projections, but all that to say, right? Like Trey Lance is going to be the guy this year that me personally, I'm going to take a gamble in the, what is he going in the 10th, 10th, 11th round right now? Uh, I'm going to be the guy who takes a chance on him because that's what I did with Jalen hurts last year. And let me tell you, it paid dividends. I'm going to take that chance again. I've been a Trey, Trey Lance believer. I think I mentioned this on the podcast, but we've grown in viewership since I mentioned this on the podcast a year ago uh, when we had very, very small audience. I drafted Trey Lance ahead of Trevor Lawrence in a startup dynasty league last year. That's how confident I was that Trey Lance was going to be the better fantasy football quarterback than, than Trevor Lawrence. All I'm saying is I sat on him for a year. Dak Prescott is my starting quarterback. I look like a genius. I look like a genius. It's okay. I've I played the long game in that league, and it's paid. It's paying some form of dividends. I'm just not seeing them yet because <laughs> I we am extremely young. <laughs> we haven't seen it in the point totals necessarily. Not but necessarily, the, that's common. The, but right, the pieces are falling into place. I'm playing. I'm playing uh, chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. That's that's the reality. Well, of that whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, I know you're in that league too. You're. I, I'm not saying you're not playing chess. You made some moves of your own, but I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to discredit you. I'm <laughs> yeah. just saying in the big picture of things. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. Uh, Bucks also clear Chris Godwin for training camp. Um, cool. I think that's my response. I don't believe he's going to play week one still. I Maybe it comes out, you know, tomorrow. You know, when the viewers are listening to this, maybe we know a little bit more about Godwin, but to with all the reports that are saying that like, there's a shot, there's a shot, there's a shot. And now that he's cleared to me, that is a, he's good to go. I'm just not buying that. He's like, so they signed Julio. I Here's what sucks about all of this. There's something going on because you don't just go out and sign Julio Jones. When you paid Russell Gage, what he like a mil. decent contract, like three or 30 mil. Yeah, right. You paying that man ten million dollars a year. You don't go out and just sign Julio Jones after saying Chris Godwin is ready to go. That's what's fishy about this whole thing to me. So like it's one thing where if you like like if you're like, okay, Chris Godwin, we're not gonna put him on the pup because we think he can be ready in, you know, two, three weeks. That's fine, right? Like, great, I'll adjust my rankings and I'll say Chris Godwin is only gonna miss I'm only projecting him to miss two games, excuse me, before the season. But, like, you don't just say he's fine. <laughs> Clear him for training camp and then go out and sign Julio Jones when you signed your wide receiver three for 10 minutes. Just something fishy. I'm just – I'm not ready to be all in on Godwin being ready to go for week one yet. That's that's just where I'm at. And other people think differently. And 
I would rather be patient than put my put all my eggs in one basket. Chargers wide receiver Josh Palmer expected to win the wide receiver three spot over Jalen Guyton, according to uh, the Athletics' Daniel Popper. Uh, apparently, he has been throwing with Herbert after practice more than any other wide receiver. Palmer's nothing more than a, a, a late round flyer. I think he's a good dynasty ad, but I had nothing more than a late round flyer for me. It's Keenan Allen and Mike Will first. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I, I laughed when I saw that. We'll call it note. <laughs> sure. Because do I expect Keenan Allen or Mike Williams to be the wide receiver that's hanging the most, you know, that is throwing with Herbert the most after practices? No, I'm not like <laughs> they, they are established wide receivers. So yes, in some ways like Palmer should be this guy. So I don't know what exactly it is. I, again, you said it best. He's a, a late round flyer. If you're looking for a wide receiver three on a, on a team, right? He's a dynasty get, but again, he should be doing what he's doing. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Falcons running back Tyler Algier could become the Falcons' starting running back, according to the Athletics' Josh Kendall. If Algier proves during training camp, this is a quote from him, that he can bring the physical style he showed in college. That time may come sooner rather than later. Uh, I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more than that to be ready to push all my chips in an Algier. He's got like sneaky like. Michael Carter vibes to him of like nobody else in the backfield really starting to dig him at this point. Just a few nice, like, you know, fluffy reports coming out that he's doing good in trading camp. Like, I don't know. I, I, I went in on Michael Carter last season and it was great for the 12 weeks that we had him before he got injured, but I I'm just, I'm not there yet. I need a little bit more, but I, I do sneaky like Tyler. I'll share this year. I also, we got to read in between the lines on this one a little bit. If Algier proves during training camp, emphasis on during, during that he can bring the physical style he showed in college, that time may come sooner than later. So as things stand right now, Tyler Algier is not the starting running back. Right. That's what, and, that's what you need to take away from this. Right. And I mean, in best ball drafts, he's what, late 40s, I believe? I've been getting him at 47 very frequently. So, (sighs) which is where I'd be comfortable taking him in redraft too, because at that point, he's probably not going to be on my roster if he doesn't pan out. Yeah, I mean, you're taking him as your wider, or sorry, your running back four? Your running back, or I guess in any format. In any format, yeah. So at that point, I mean, I've done best ball drafts where I've taken one running back early, then waited a while to get like a, an Antonio Gibson right? or, you know, a Rashad Penny. Cause Rashad Penny is still RB like 30. 30, right? Like if that's my sin, if that's my situation, I don't really want to take Algier as my RB four, just because I've got really like, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot in front of that. Right. right. But like, you go with a three running back strategy that some of us have done in the past where you get, you know, three top 30 running back, right. Then like, absolutely. I'll take a shot on Algier. But again, the point of this quote is to say, look, Algier is not the starter right now. 
and he will transition to be the starter at some point. It all depends on what happens during training camp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I think that's the best way to sum it up. Sum it up. He's not right now, but the potential is there, which I think everybody has kind of been harping on from the get-go as soon as they drafted Algier. Mm-hmm. Tyree Kill did his boy to a, a nice little favor again on first take this time. I don't care. Can we just move on from this? I just don't care. I don't even want to discuss this. I'm sick of all these star wide receivers hyping up their quarterbacks to be better than they actually are. Devontae Adams called Derek Carr a Hall of Famer. Yeah, get out of here. Um, Again, like what else? <laughs> what else is he supposed to say? That's it. He he's not going to bash the guy, so he's going to try to hype him up. That's all that. That's all he's going to do. And and as soon as he had made the comparison, you know, reporters are just going to throw all these hot hot takes at him and just be like, "Well, crap. Okay, I guess I have to say this now. It's stupid, uh, irrelevant. New Bucks tight end Kyle Rudolph, good friend of uh, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, will inherit the bulk of the Gronk role. I wondered this when they made the signing. I'm I want I want none. I, I want zero shares of Buccaneers tight ends this year. I'm not. I I, I don't believe it. <laughs> I think it's well, just like, a cute report. I mean, Rudolph is a big target like Gronk was, and but he's not I Gronk. Think, <laughs> but he's not Gronk. And then they just signed Julio Jones, who's also a big target. So like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Bucks are all, all the reports coming out of there can just kind of be nulled at this point until we get far more clarity. Uh, let's run through pup list quick because then we really have to get to the divisional breakdown. Just we're twenty minutes in already. This is we have so much news, man. Just so so much news. Uh, pup list: J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards start training camp on the pup list. Can't say anybody's really surprised there. Michael Thomas starting on the pup list. I was expecting this. I don't think a lot of other people were. This is what this is. Uh, yep. 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 Uh, Clyde Edwards, Lair starting on the pup list. This one got me. This one shocked me a little bit. I was not expecting this one. Um, that one intrigues me a little bit. Jameson Williams, uh, obviously on the NFI list. Uh, James Robinson on the pup list. Marquise Brown on the NFI list. That one is a little intriguing to me. I don't know. Is there anything else you saw on that report? No. And, and just a clarification, the NFI is just not football yes. injury related. So yep. like it could be a family matter that they're not at camp on the first day or something like that. Right. Jameson Williams, obviously we know more about him than we do Marquise Brown for very obvious reasons. But last one that I think is worth at least giving a two cents on Christian Watson starting on the pup list. That one kind of came out of left field, I feel like. Yeah, I thought I had read or heard something that he had like a cleanup procedure, something like that after the draft. But I think the common thread and majority of these players that were added to the pup list, it's not final. It's not a like, you know, they're they're out until a certain week in the season, right? Because on the IR, you miss, what is it, three weeks? Minimum? I believe it's three. So the pup list is not like an IR. So if if a player is added to a pup list, it actually shows like, yes, they are where they should be in terms of their recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing with Christian Watson, though, is that if he misses half a training camp, that's not like sorry, that, you like I'm I want zero shares of Christian Watson in redraft. I, I already wasn't taking him in redraft, but like even as a late round flyer, use that pick on Alan Lazard. Move on. 
like Alan Lazard is the wide receiver one that like, I don't think we need to have any more discussions on who the wide receiver one in green Bay is. If Christian Watson misses half of training camp with a quarterback who already doesn't like to target rookie wide receivers. That's it. That's all. Enough <laughs> That's said. all the news. <laughs> We're 20 minutes into this podcast. Let's uh, let's get to the, the meat potatoes of the episode here. I've been saying that a lot. Um, I might need to find a different transitional phrase. We'll uh, put it on a t-shirt. I, put it on a t-shirt. Meat potatoes. <laughs> Fantasy football, fellas. <laughs> uh, per, per every divisional breakdown, going through the NFC South today. Tyler, you're going to kick us off with a hot take here. Per usual, hot take, Ty. What is the hot take? For this week. And this is kind of a tricky division to make a hot take for. It really is because there's no there's no player that is really, you know, what's the word? There's no player that really splits the fantasy community at all at this point. Like maybe Christian it's either, McCaffrey. It's either too easy or too ludicrous. Right. That's how it feels. That's a, that's ex- that's the best way to put it. Thank you for that. Um because I mean, there are two teams that only have like two or three relevant players. <laughs> and then there's another team that who knows what's going to happen because of pending suspensions and injuries and stuff. And then there's a team that just has all the weapons, right? <laughs> so you're just like, how does, how does this That's why we're work? talking to them first? <laughs> yep. Bingo. Um, that team being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we're going to look at the wide receiver uh, room there and uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Russell Gage and Julio Jones and don't sleep on Mr. Tyler Johnson out of University of Minnesota. That's crazy, Ma. Don't sleep on Leonard Fournette. Don't sleep on Rashad White. Don't sleep on Kyle Rudolph, Cameron Brait. Kate Otten. Oh, and Kate Otten. Thank you. Rookie Thank tight you. end. <laughs> Put some respect on his name. <laughs> yeah, and me and my tight ends, you know, uh, keep going. <laughs> So hot Jackson, take for, cut it. <laughs> cut it, Jackson. Um, we'll just get straight to the hot take. Um, as we talked about earlier, Julio Jones signed a one-year deal with Tampa. But here's something that I think a lot of people are going or the uh, how I think a lot of people are reacting is oh, fade Russell Gage. Hey now. <laughs> I'm saying not so fast. And I'm saying that there's a way. And I'm saying it will happen that all four of these wide receivers on the Buccaneers finish inside of the top 50 wide receivers this year. I Call like me it. crazy. I, I, I don't see it, 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 it feels hot because you have to think at least one of them falls into the you know 50 to 60 range. But all mm-hmm. it takes is to finish, you know, wide receiver 48, 49 in your top 50, right? And nope. once you get past wide receiver 40, it uh it's a crapshoot. <laughs> it is it a crapshoot. It is a crapshoot. So I no, I think it's totally possible. I think that could uh I think that could absolutely happen. It requires some health on the end of Julio Jones, but um we'll, yeah, right. we'll, we'll, we'll discuss him. <laughs> we'll discuss him. Let's uh let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers though. Let's get into this. Um the GOAT himself, Sir Thomas Brady. Uh, Buccaneers obviously won the division last year. Ultimately, ended up losing to the Rams before moving on to the Super, or before they moved on to the Super Bowl. Currently, in our rankings, I have my quarterback seven. Tyler, you're at six. Cameron at seven. Look, we've got Tom Brady locked and loaded as a top seven option. Does anything of uh, this new Julio Jones signing does that inflate his value for you? Does it 
does it add anything to his value? Or are you just kind of like Tom Brady's going to ball, and the the five guys ahead of him are just better and probably more mobile for fantasy, so they're going to rack up more points out. Yeah, I I did not change Brady's stats or anything like that at all in the draft guide. Like I didn't even touch him. Yeah, and I'm I'm. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm a little worried that everyone else is going to inflate his value just because of the oh, name yeah. value that Julio Jones has. Um, but again, then, then you look at guys like Jalen Hurts or guys. Uh, I'll throw Trey Lance in there, right? Like, yeah. just the mobile mobile quarterbacks that are able to rack up points on the ground. So I like Brady should just stay like six or seven or eight core at, and in those in whatever order, right. You can, I mean, I've got them at six. You've got them at seven. Don't put them top five. Don't put them lower than nine. No. And he's going in what the eighth round right now in fantasy drafts. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm scared. His value is going to increase because if I can get him in the eighth still and stack him with a Mike Evans, 10 times out of 10, 10 no hesitation, 10. 10 times mm-hmm. out of 10. But what I'm afraid is people are going to start sneaking him up into the, you know, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, uh, Joe Burrow Lamar. range, you know, where they're going in the, you know, the, the the sixth rounder. So I'm worried Brady's going to start sneaking up to that point. Which at that point, then I want to pass. I'll take a Stafford. I'll take a, uh, I'll take a Lance. I'll, who else is going in that range? A Dak Prescott, right? I'd rather take one of those guys instead, um, so I can build up more depth and uh, and foundation on my team, right? So. No, I agree. The best spot for him is right between five and seven. I think. I don't know if I can push him into the top five yet, but I'm I'm not pushing him lower than seven, based on who I have behind him. I'm not pushing him lower than seven. That is for sure. I already brought up this name. Oh, were you going to add something else there? No, no. Okay, I couldn't tell if you were about to. Mike Evans. Let's move on to these pass catchers now, so we can <laughs> discuss all four of them now. Um, Mike Evans. Top seven wide receiver for all of us. You and Cameron have Cameron have him at seven. I have him at six. The big thing that I noticed with Mike Evans is when he's when he when he would see 130 plus targets in a season, that's when you would start seeing these massive fantasy seasons, these top six, top seven, top eight fantasy seasons, versus like, well, Mike Evans barely cracked the top ten with 115 targets because he had 13 touchdowns, right? Like the reason Mike Evans has been so good is because of his touchdowns. It hasn't been because of his volume, but now all of a sudden, if you get Chris Godwin out for, I mean, potentially it might be zero weeks, right? And then all of a sudden I might have to bring back, I might have to bring Mike Evans back down to the eight, nine, 10 range versus the you know, six, seven, eight range. But if Chris Godwin misses time, you know, all of a sudden we're looking at 130 targets for Mike Evans this year that's where I think we start to see a little bit more of the leap to like just extra oomph he needed to hit to get to that top seven number. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but when I was, when I was perusing through Mike Evans numbers, that's what stuck out to me is he keeps seeing these uh, career lows and targets. But when he was the wide receiver two one season, he saw some, I think it was like 145 targets that season. Right. And it's just like, well, this is, well, duh, <laughs> like, that makes so much sense. So I don't know what your thoughts are on Mike Evans and how Chris Godwin's return potentially impacts that. But that was my two cents when I was going through Mike Evans stats and trying to 
line it up for what it means this year. Yeah, so I gave him similar stats to last year. Maybe a, like 100 more yards, a couple more receptions, but he finished with 14 touchdowns last year. Right. 14. <laughs> I have him down at 12. I thought about 13, going down to like yeah, I thought about going down to like 10 or 11 even. Yeah. Because did you know that Chris Godwin led the Buccaneers in red zone targets last year? Did he actually? He did. That doesn't he, surprise me. So, look, is it a, you know, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say that, I mean, you look at last year, Evans with 14 and Godwin with five. I don't think it's that far of a stretch to say that Evans loses two touchdowns to Godwin this year. No, not by no means. So that, that kind of, I don't know, for the ADP that he's going at, I think we're still expecting Godwin to miss a game or two. Yep. But like you said, if Godwin's healthy week one, Evans moves a little closer to 10 than five. Oh, yeah. he's He'll probably sit right at 10 for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And let's talk about Chris Godwin then because I need to hear your I need to hear your thoughts on this. Look, I have Chris Godwin down at 31. I hate trying to project and rank Chris Godwin this year because he's going top 20. I understand why he's going top 20 because when he comes back and he plays, he's going to be a top 20 wide receiver, right? Like I get it. I get it. You would probably have to pay a top 12 price tag on him if you were fully healthy, but if he only misses two, three games, yeah, I get bringing that down. I don't know what to do with Chris Godwin though, because I have him missing four games, assuming he starts the season on the pup list. That that's been my assumption this whole time. I have to make some tweaks because this is obviously too low, but like I don't know what to do with Chris Godwin, and I don't want to make any tweaks until I know for sure that Chris Godwin is going to be on the field by X week. Cameron's put the difference on us. He hasn't been wide receiver 20. So that means you've got Chris Godwin top 10. Uh, I'm going to need you to explain yourself here. Yeah. So Godwin's stat line from last year, 98 catches on 127 targets for just over 1,100 yards and five touchdowns, which I should have written this down as I'm finding it. I don't remember where he finished last year because he missed how many games? Uh, he missed four. three games? Four. four? I believe he only played 12 games. So I want to say he still finished. Can you tell I'm stalling? I'm doing a great job of it. Crushing it. 16. He finishes wide receiver 16. <laughs> and he missed three or four games. That's actually I didn't crazy. Do... Right. I didn't do any extrapolating or any stats like that, but I gave him relatively the same stats for this year. 92 catches, 138. So less catches, more targets. Um, 11, let's see, 1,144 yards, seven touchdowns. Wide receiver 10. And I think the big thing is I'm not expecting Godwin to miss any time. That's got to be the big thing if you have him at 10. Yes. <laughs> I Before before everything that happened on Tuesday, I had him closer to like 40 because I was like, he's, he's missing a game or two. Right. But then the more I thought about it and I realized 
way back when we released the guide on a point per game basis, Godwin snuck into the top 15. Yep. I was like, that's, that's about right with the games that he misses. So now if I'm expecting him to not miss any games, I should give him a point total that puts him still within the top 15. Yep. Did I expect it to be top 10? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> That's also because I'm not so confident in guys like Tyreek Hill. And I, I recognize that guys like T Higgins and Mike Williams are going to have some down weeks. And Godwin was relatively consistent last year before oh, yeah. he got hurt. Yep. So I'm not saying go reach for Godwin at this point because there's nothing that says that he's absolutely starting week one. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, what I'm just saying is if he is playing week one, Godwin is a top 12 option at the minimum. The, oh, all right. All right. I should, maybe I'll say top 15. Uh, that's what I would say. Yeah. I, I, I just think when you come off of an ACL tear, you are not the same player right away so i do need to boil that in of like you know when i would see chris godwin as top 12 i might need to chill out and say top 15 and hedge him being closer to 15 than 10 right that's my only thought on that but i mean i agree with with how dynamic this offense is with how talented chris godwin is i mean top 10 is shouldn't be a shock to anybody where where chris godwin can finish i mean he's already finished top three like let's be real so I'm 100% with you there. Let's move on to uh, the rest of these pass catchers. Let's discuss their newest one. The new shiny toy for Tom Brady. He's out here collecting all these high caliber wide receivers after all the years he was forced to play with backup quarterbacks uh, transitioned to wide receivers out in New England. Uh, Not a dig at Julian Edelman whatsoever, but I mean, when that was your best weapon since Randy Moss, man, that's that's a tough life to live. Um, <laughs> Julio Jones. Julio Jones. We went through, like, I kid you not, what, two hours before this podcast probably and retweaked all of our rankings just in time for this episode so we can get it out to you. I have Julio Jones at wide receiver 38. I'm a little bit shocked. I expected to be lower on Julio than I was. You've got him at wide receiver 40. What's your stat line for Julio? Let me start with that. What What's your projection for Julio? Because I want to see how ours compare, are similar, are different. Because I haven't gone through and checked out anybody else's. I've been a busy man all day, so I haven't had time to <laughs> slow down and focus on anybody's but myself. But yeah, we're, we're, I, what do you have for Julio? I've got him seventy two catches on ninety targets, eight hundred seventy two yards, and five touchdowns. How many targets? Sorry, ninety. Okay, so we're not too far off. I have, I have him for ninety-five targets, seventy receptions on ninety-five targets. I have him over a thousand yards, oh. thousand yard receiver, a uh, thousand fifteen, uh, and five touchdowns. That's what I have Julio at. Ooh, interesting. So I have, I mean, when you look at his numbers, right? Like even from seasons, you know, where he was seeing, you know, one hundred fifty plus targets, right? He'd see right around eight touchdowns. So basically, I'm like, I. With Tom Brady in the offense, that's like plus one automatically. Um, I'm just going to cut everything else in half and call it a day. That's That was just kind of the logic I, I went with there. Um, so I think there's tons of upside for Julio in this offense. Uh, we'll see what kind of shape he's in. Obviously, I, I think you and I can both agree 
just because we have Julio ranked as a top 40 wide receiver, I don't know if that necessarily means you should draft Julio as a top 40 wide receiver. I don't think so either. I mean, because I think you can look at it two different ways. One way being that Julio is going to be a significant contributor on the offense. Or you look at it as the Buccaneers see that Julio is past his prime. And so they're just bringing in some more depth and a veteran and another veteran that's looking to get a ring and wants to play with Tom Brady. Right. Yeah. And part of me was like, oh, well, let's look at AB stats from last year and see, you know, how, how, you know, what kind of pace AB was on. So oh, he was on a breakneck pace. He was. But the thing is, <laughs> AB and Julio are not the same players. Well, for, that's also true. <laughs> and for, how old AB was and how I'll say removed he was from the game. I know that he played a couple games a year before last year, but yeah, they're not the same player. So I, I couldn't really be, I couldn't give the AB pace or the AB workload directly to Julio. Cause I, I I'm, I'm still giving some to, to Russell Gage because I have all four of them in my top 50. But I needed to put Julio in the spot where, like, because, again, you think about it this way. Top 36 are the top, you know, three wide receivers for a team, right? Because you go 1 through 12, 13 through 24, 25, and 36. Everyone above Julio I feel comfortable with as a starting option in the flex. Sure. Julio is the first name on the list, and I'm like, it's it, you gotta yeah, see I it. need I need some convincing to put him in my starting lineup. Yep. Yeah. I think you could actually I think you could absolutely compete for a flex spot in your lineup at some point this year. I literally posted a TikTok today. Like I don't think is it impossible for Julio to finish as a top 30 wide receiver this year? I don't think it's impossible, but there are, are a lot of question marks right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, he could. He could. That was the phrasing I used. Not that he will. He, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that he could. I mean, he's only eight spots away from that in my projection. But that's assuming he plays all 17 games, stays healthy, whole nine yards, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I think the best thing to do on Julio is don't get antsy about drafting him. But if he's around in the later rounds, I think I'm fine taking a late round flyer on him because the upside there is just, Tremendous. It's tremendous. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap up these pass catchers. Russell Gage is the last one. How is he still your wide receiver 48? Like I have like I like I'm genuinely curious <laughs> because he just absolutely as soon as I as soon as I gave Julio Jones 10 more targets than Russell Gage, I had Russell Gage statted out for I believe it was 110. 105 targets, excuse me. I am sat out for 105 targets, obviously. That's got to come down. I got to shift him around to Julio. I got to add some more for, I got to figure out how Tyler Johnson then fits into this mix, right? Like Russell Gage <laughs> dropped 20 targets. That's all he dropped. And he drops 30 spots in my projections. Oof. Oof. So, so how in the world is, 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 and, and this isn't like a Tyler, you're absolutely crazy. I think I'm probably more crazy for having Russell Gage just absolutely tank, but he, he hung on in your top 50. Uh, how, 
How? How? <laughs> I didn't really mess with the target numbers because I figured like there will be games that Julio misses or sure. I mean, injuries could push him back into a starting lineup spot, right? If if Tampa sees Julio as their wide receiver three now, which sure. I mean, there's a whole discussion about like, well, again, the contract that Russell Gage just signed. Tom Brady wanted him and has been vocal about Russell Gage being a part of this offense. We well, haven't just, heard, he, go ahead. Sorry. We haven't heard Tom Brady say anything about Julio Jones. Oh, this is true. So I, that's not to dismiss and, and, and absolutely, you know, <laughs> rip apart anyone's argument for Julio Jones, because again, Julio Jones is Julio Jones. I know it's not the same, but you still have to recognize greatness, right? Yes. So when I looked at Russell Gage, I bumped receptions down. What did I give up? I, I took away like seven or eight receptions. I took away a couple touchdowns and I took back some yards because I had Russell Gage as a top 35 receiver beforehand. And taking away all those things put him at, as my wide receiver 48. Yep. My big worry with Russell Gage. The first clapback I got in our comments today was when I said rip, rip in peace to, to Russell Gage season was at least a slot wide receiver. He's not going anywhere. Do you know who else is a slot wide receiver? <laughs> Chris Godwin. I don't know. The guy who's probably going to be starting this season, right? Like if reports are true, Chris Godwin will be the starting slot wide receiver for this team. And I'll tell you what, they're not just going to take Chris Godwin off the field. They're not just going to like, they'll ease him. Oh, excuse me. They'll ease him in. Don't get me wrong. They'll ease him in. But to just assume that Russell Gage is still going to like, gonna be, he's like still a great round, late round flyer option. Like, sorry, my chips that were in on Russell Gage, like I'm, I'm going to tell the better to look the other way. And I'm going to pull all my chips back because I don't want them in the pot anymore. Uh, I just, well, I think like, I just don't, the, the path to Russell Gage seeing, a fantasy relevant amount of targets in an offense that's that loaded and that weaponized. I just, I don't see it. I was surprised he dropped that far. I'm going to need to do some tweaking and figure out why he fell that far. I might have to give him, you know, a few extra receptions and whatnot, fix my reception numbers, but that shocked me. I did not expect it to be that low in my, in my ranking. So I'll go fix that. But I think it's worth saying that I think Russell Gage became odd man out here. Yes. Oh, 100%. And Which I don't I, think people want to accept just yet. No. And I, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I, I think I call this the, uh, the Madden issue when it comes to fantasy. Yep. Because traditionally a wide receiver three in Madden is the slot wide receiver. Yeah. That's not how it happens in the real world. <laughs> no, no. There's an argument that Chris Godwin could be the wide receiver one in this offense. Oh yeah, not just from a statistical standpoint, from but from like a, a roster management standpoint. Yep, and he lines up in the slot. <laughs> that he does. That's all I need to say. Don't be fooled by Madden's depth charting and roster management. That's not how it works in the real world. No, it is not. So yeah, when people say, well, Russell Gage is a slot wide receiver. Okay. He'll be good for two weeks. And then Chris Godwin will say, I'll take my snaps back. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. We need to chat Leonard Fournette quick. 
down to 245 apparently at camp now. So either y'all were lying about his weight at 260 or that man just decided to go on a, a major fasting streak since y'all were, were calling him <laughs> Cheeseburger Lenny. Um, fat shamed him into dropping 15 pounds. You you terrible, terrible people. Uh, top 12 running back across the board. Are you concerned for Lenny at all? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, receiving game, I think, keeps him top 12 for me. He's 12 for me, 11 for you, 10 for Cameron. I don't know if I want him as my running back one, but if I can get him as a running back two, I'll be pretty pleased. I would need like, so the problem is you're probably, if you're, if you're a Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey at the one, two, you're probably going to get a, a Leonard Fournette at the end of the second round, early third round. So if you draft like a Justin Jefferson in the first round, like Lenny probably isn't going to be a running back one. Anyways, you're probably gonna have somebody better. If you go Justin Jefferson in a, DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones in the second round. That's just my two cents. I don't need to add anything else. You nailed it. <laughs> uh, Rashad White is a hot name in the community. Are you in on that? I, I think if you grab Lenny, grab Rashad White. But the problem is the community is just jacking up the price on Rashad White. Oh, it's, it's absurd. Almost, it's almost impossible to get him now. And, and if it feels like it was in response to all the Lenny news, the overweight Lenny news, and they're like, oh, Rashad White, Rashad White season. What if Lenny is fine? <laughs> like, can we just acknowledge that? <laughs> we th- th- This is the classic, like, I went on this rant however many episodes ago. We're acknowledging Rashad White's upside. Do you know what his downside is? <laughs> oh, it's, it's massive. It's pretty dang low. Um He's sitting behind Lenny for a full year. So I'm not rushing to get Rashad White. I think he's interesting. I will say he's interesting, but I just, so many experts are clamoring. uh, uh, TikTok personalities are, you know, clamoring over him. And I've just, I just, just, it's too much of a gut reaction for me. I I assume it is for you too. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Tampa passed up on James Cook. They did. So maybe they did like Rashad White a little bit better than James Cook, but it doesn't explain why they pass on James Cook in the set. I'm talking in circles. <laughs> Again, they pass up on a receiving back in James Cook. Yeah, And I know that Rashad White is a receiving back as well. But the advanced college metrics that are that are grouping Rashad White with all these great other running backs, guess what? Those running backs didn't have that Rashad White has. Somebody in front of him. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. It's all about volume and opportunity in scenario and in, in situations. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Thousand percent agree, which is why I don't want anything to do with Cameron Bray, K Dodd, nor Kyle Rudolph. Bingo. Great transition. Nailed it. Absolutely crushed it. Uh, I don't want anything to do with them. I assume you don't either. Nope. I'll take a flyer on Kyle Rudolph in best ball, but as a, you know, it's my like third tight end. That's about it. I mean, Cameron Bray was my flyer tight end before Kyle Rudolph, and now that Rudolph's there, I don't want either one of them. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Let's move on to some of these other teams, and uh, we're goodness. <laughs> we just... I mean... There's so many players. There was so much to break down there in regards to the news. It needed to be done. So thanks for bearing with us through 20 minutes of news and 20 minutes of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, It needed to be done. 
I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's impossible that we can get through the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints in literally 10 minutes. I don't no, think it's I, I don't, impossible. No, I don't think it is either. Let's talk Kyle Pitts. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons will move on to the Falcons. Uh, obviously, a lot of changes there this offseason. No more Matt Ryan. Bring in Marcus Mariota. Lots of rumors around Cordero. Bring in new wide receiver one and Drake London. But Kyle Pitts is pretty much like the only remnant piece outside of Cordero Patterson. Cameron and I have him as our tight end three. I'm going to tell you right now, I am not drafting him as a tight end three. I refuse to draft him at his price point. He is far overpriced. I will never take him in a draft, but yes, he is projected as my tight end three. That's my Kyle Pitts rant. (laughs) Um, He's at tight end five for you. I mean, it's pretty clear. He's top five this year for sure. I think there is a way he finished top three. And I know we've done this before where we're like, well, if Kittle gets injured and Waller loses touchdowns to Devontae, whatever, what whatever. There is a way that Pitts can finish top three. Marcus Mariota has favorite tight ends in the past. He has. It's, I don't know. Here's a, here's a blast from the past. Delaney Walker, anybody? Yeah. Delaney yeah, Walker my man, one Delaney time. Walker. Help Just me saying. fall in love with the tight end position. Exactly. So, I mean, it's not it's not impossible for Pitts to finish top three. Um, it's rich. I think it's, I was it's, shocked. It's, it's fairly rich knowing what else is going on in that offense, because it's literally just pits. And I'm not going to call Drake London a nobody. And I'm not going to call Cordero Patterson a nobody, but like. Olamide Zacchaeus. No. Auden Tate. No, no, no. Brian Edwards. Can no. I interest you in any of them? Brian Edwards one time. <laughs> one time. One time for Brian Edwards. One time for Brian Edwards. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Pitts, I I don't want to get into the specifics of coverages and stuff, but it's not a super super favorable situation for Pitts this year. I would agree. Drake London, also not a favorable situation for him. How about that segue? That was stupid. It's literally the exact same thing. Um, (laughs) Why does he have 41 for me, 44 for Cameron? You have him outside your top 50. A little bit shocking, but uh, again, I think this is just the classic case of like, we keep on a, we want to push these rookie wide receivers into a, a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase breakout kind of season. You want to know what both Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase had going into their rookie seasons that Drake London really doesn't? Good quarterback play? I would even say like, competent quarterback play above average (laughs) above average quarterback play uh and obviously joe burrow's quarterback play was far above average and kirk cousins at worst is above average i think i think we can agree on that yes um drake london has marcus mariota throwing in the football marcus mariota has not been a starter in the nfl for two plus years has it been two plus years since we've seen marcus mariota in tennessee he's been in vegas for two years I just, I'm not, no, I'm not feeling Drake London. Even like, even as a rookie, I always say it's always second half for rookies. First half is always going to be rough. They're getting used to the league. Second half of the season, they'll break out. I'm just kind of expecting a steady, even keel of gross volume that just kind of gets Drake London to that wide receiver 40 range and nothing that elevates him above that. Because Kyle Pitts is still there. Kyle Pitts is going to be the preferred target, I'm sure until Drake London gets eased in and has competent quarterback play. Nailed it. Cordero Patterson, 
25, 26, 27, 26 for me, 25 for you, 27 for Cameron at the running back position. Now that he's permanently a running back in fantasy formats, he's the big gamble. You invest in him. The price point isn't very high on him. Like I'm, I'm getting a ton of Cordero in best ball. He's going as the running back 37 in best ball drafts. Like that's too low. <laughs> Let's start with that. That is too low. Well, even for half PPR, that's too low. Right. And that's all half PPR. Now you, you know, you, you talk redraft and he's going right in this, you know, 25, 26, 27 range. I, how do you say, like, what's your confidence level in Cordero? Because I'm not, like, in redraft, I'm not super stoked to draft him. But if he's there and I really need a running back three and I'm loaded at wide receiver and there's not many other options left on the board. Problem is Kareem Hunt is going after a guy like Cordero. Rashad Penny is going after a guy like Cordero. I would rather take my my shot on those two than take a shot on Cordero, who, you know, 20, 30, 28, 29. I'm trying to remember how old he is. He's old. He's, he's an 30, old man. 31 even. For the NFL. He's old. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not having many shares of him in redraft mock drafts, but. That's just because I'm just not, I don't want to push my chips there. No, the ceiling I, I, just isn't the same. No, it's not. And and I think the best way to describe him is he, is that he's the new Tariq Cohen of fantasy football where. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. He's not, I mean, there will be rushing attempts, but it won't be substantial. And the majority of his production and value is going to be straight from the receiving game, which I, I laugh at because every, every, the fantasy platform is moving him to running back, even though <laughs> everything from Atlanta has been saying, no, he's going to be more involved in the receiving game now and, and all that. Like I, I, I chuckle a little bit. It's just an, ox- uh, it's just a little opposite of each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it, it is. It is. Uh, if you got to pick one of the other running backs on this team, not Cordero, you taking Tyler Algier or Damian Williams. Give me Damian Williams. See, and we're going to differ. I'm going to take Tyler Algier. I'd rather take the upside I shot. You are. I know you are. I, I, Algier fits the system a little bit better. I'll admit it. But Damian Williams, I think. No slouch. He's not a slouch. And people think he's a slouch. He ain't no slouch. He's not a slouch. That is for sure. Uh, anything to do with Marcus Mariota? I really don't. No, I remember I posted a TikTok a while back saying, like, he's going to be a top 12 quarterback. And then well, the I was more, just like, we need a content, man. <laughs> yeah, we need a content at that point. And. Nah, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, the you get it. It's like, all right, we'll get it out, and we we can go back and delete it if you want. Yeah, we probably should. All right, I I, I got you. I got That's you. a smear on our ledger, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the Panthers. We're nearing an hour here, but really not much to talk about on the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey. Let's start there. Uh, clear running back one in our projections, like clear as day you're still taking him running back one correct cameron is just like cameron is just like sold gone don't tell me otherwise you're wrong i am like chris mccaffrey is two jonathan taylor still one for me i'd rather have the safety that's jonathan taylor yeah i mean the way that i've been starting to think about a little bit more is that like look if you don't take Jonathan Taylor, it's because you don't trust the talent that is Jonathan Taylor. You just trust the talent that is Christian McCaffrey a little bit more. That makes sense. You just want the guy who's going to be the high scoring running back. If he plays a full season of fantasy football, that's what right. it is. Right. And 
I'm at the point now where I'm literally like, you could ask me tomorrow. You could literally put me in draft, put me one-on-one. And I might just take Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. But right now I'll say Christian McCaffrey because that's just how I feel. Because <laughs> in my mind, I know that there's more risk with McCaffrey. But in my mind, I think we need to start thinking you can't go wrong with either one. Thank you. Everybody is correct on Christian McCaffrey this offseason. Everybody is correct because, yes, he plays a full season. When he plays, he is hands down the most valuable asset in all of fantasy football. There's no question of how insanely good Christian McCaffrey is for fantasy football. But you have to acknowledge the man has hardly played the last two seasons. You have to acknowledge that. It's all about, really, it is how risky do you want to be versus how risk-adverse do you want to be. If you want to be risky, I fully support you in that because at the 102, I would take Christian McCaffrey. But if you're like, I don't want to even touch Christian McCaffrey because I don't want to get burned, I get it. Like That is a correct opinion to have. Everybody is correct on Christian McCaffrey. Your opinion isn't wrong. Nobody's opinion is wrong because all the points are valid. They're all realistic. You all can have your opinion. I will not debate any of you. I will choose to be more risky and draft Christian McCaffrey at the 102. You can be more risk adverse and say, I won't touch him until the end of the first round. That's fine. That is fine. I just need to get that out there because it is such an infuriating debate in the community that has no end. And everybody's points are the exact same and they're all valid and have reason. Everybody's correct on Christian McCaffrey. Everybody's correct. Uh, You get a car, you get a car, you get DJ Moore. (laughs) (laughs) DJ Moore, uh, wide receiver 17 for both Cameron. Now you have him uh, top 15 in your, uh, as your wide receiver 13. Um, how many touchdowns do you have him at? I feel like that's what Ooh, launches him into your top 15. I only have him at five. I've got him at six. Okay, so that would put him into my top 15 as well if I had him at six. So really, we aren't all that far off. I mean, you where, how, where do you have him at for targets? 151. 150, I believe that's where I have him as well. But it's one of those where Baker, like, I'm going to assume Baker just force feeds him. Um, yep. I'm just checking where I have DJ more quickly. Yeah, I have him at 150. So I'm right there with you. I, it's going to be another one of those DJ Moore seasons where it's like he could be top 10, man. But until you get that man a, com- a competent quarterback, I'm sorry, Baker Mayfield isn't as competent as everyone makes him out to be. It's just the reality. He's not this major upgrade from Darnold. Like, can we, can we please acknowledge that? <laughs> please. I, I, I look, DJ Moore, if you draft him top 15, I get it. I'm waiting for him to fall to me before I draft him this year, probably. I mean, the the Carolina Panthers last year, get this, they only threw for 14 touchdowns last year. Oh, Sam Darnold. Four of those were to DJ Moore. The remaining <laughs> 10, half of those went to Robbie Anderson. Oh, jeez. There will be more touchdowns this year. Because there's no way a team finishes below 15 total passing touchdowns in back-to-back years. And if they do, everyone deserves to get fired. From the GM to the trainers, everyone deserves to get fired. Clean house all around. (laughs) 
You want anything to do with Baker Mayfield this year? No, I even a two quarterback. I don't. Even. I see. I thought about that, but I'm like, no, not. I mean, let's look at some of the other quarterbacks that are right behind him in my rankings. Jameis, Carson Wentz, Tua, Mariota, Zach Wilson, Matt Ryan. I'd rather have all those guys than Baker Mayfield. I would two, in a two quarterback league. I would, too. but I I think Mayfield is just slightly intriguing just because. <laughs> Mayfield has had, I don't want to call it success, but he's been, he's had a QB 16 finish and a QB 20 finish before. So like there's, there's an argument to be made, but I'm not super comfortable with him. No, no, I'm all. not either. <laughs> I'm not either. Uh, you want anything to do with Robbie Anderson or Terrace Marshall? I'll take a flyer on Robbie Anderson just because he is too. the wide receiver too, but that's, too. that's, the extent like do not Terrace Marshall. No, Rashad Higgins is another receiver. They signed no. And their tight ends are a mess. Yeah. Tommy Trumbull is the only other name I had. And Baker does hire tight ends at, a, at an above average frequency, but I don't even know. Just he's no, he's no Mo Alley Cox. We can move on. Um, that's my comparison from here on out. Are you as good as Mo Alley Cox? No, we can move on. Um, <laughs> New Orleans Saints. I'll wrap this up quick here. Alvin Kamara could be facing a suspension to start the season. Regardless, a top 12 running back for both Cameron and I, you have him at 16. Did you boil? Like I, so I boiled in four game suspension. Did you boil in six? I boiled in six and I realized how many rushing touchdowns I gave him a couple days ago. I had him at eight rushing touchdowns. I was like, that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) He's now down to five. Okay. And so that's why he's really at 16. The receiving work stayed the same. Yeah. But the rushing touchdowns just went down. Yeah. So I think once I bump him down to a six game suspension and he only plays 11 games instead of 12 or instead of 13, excuse me, I think then he'll end up in that 15, 16 range for me. But I only have him at four right now, which I think is reasonable to still have him top 12. It's, it's just a tough it's a tough pill to swallow taking him top 12, knowing you're going to be without him for four weeks. It's just not, I just don't know if I can do that in fantasy drafts. I got to hit a home run the rest of the draft. So I, I'm going to let somebody else probably take Alvin Kamara right now. But should you like be able to get Alvin Kamara at like an insane discount? Like I, at what point, if you have Jonathan Taylor, do you just take Alvin Kamara at the end of the second round? See, I wouldn't hate it because I mean, there's you just a stack up on a wide receiver with your next pick, a Mike Evans, right? Right, and, and and a basketball strategy that like I'm really wanting to try out. So I go two running backs right away, hero running Kamara, back, yeah, and then Kamara falls because people are passing on him in the suspension. Yep, I'll grab Kamara then. I'm trying to find just go the- receiver the rest of the way, and then I'll grab I'll figure out QB and tight end later, right? But like that strategy in my mind is just like, oh, that'll win me. A good chunk of good chunk of cash. Uh where is the league that I sent you of that team? Because my team was going absolutely crazy. Uh oh, was, I, I I when when they had the Pomeranian up still. Um crap, I can't find that team. Oh, but I I took Dalvin Cook in the first round. Alvin Kamara ended up being my running back three. Oh, here it here it was. Uh, I had Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara in my first three rounds. Oh, oh, <laughs> night, night, night. 
ended Night up Night ended up getting League. Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown as a stack. Amon Ra is my wide receiver two. Michael Thomas is wide receiver three. Ended up getting Kareem Hunt to add to that running back mix too. Night night. Night night. And then I just went pure upside at wide receiver. Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson. I had I have Julio Jones on that team. Oh baby. It's oh uh, that see that that's I I I sneaky like that strategy. But we need to keep moving. Um <laughs> we're, we're over an hour. Uh Michael Thomas. Obviously on the pup list right now. We're all you two are, are are a lot lower on Michael Thomas. I don't have him missing any games. I also just think we forget how efficient of a receiver Michael Thomas is and the kind of routes he runs. I'm not saying he's gonna be as you know effective of a pass catcher as he was with Drew Brees, who was you know super hyper efficient, but like I saw what his catch percentage was throughout his career. And like the catch percentage I had him at was only like 60%. I'm like, he's got to be at least 70%. And that just did wonders to his projection. That did wonders to his projection. So I I saw Michael Thomas as a top 25 wide receiver in my rankings. I'll tell you what, I'm not drafting him though. That's where he is in my projections. I'm, I'm still passing on him. I don't want anything to do with Michael Thomas. I don't want the headache. No, and there's only there's only one Saints receiver that I want this year, and it's not Michael Thomas. Is it Chris Olave? No, it is not Chris Olave. It's not Chris Olave. Uh, we're oh my goodness, you two are lower on Chris Olave than I expected. I have him at forty six. You're at fifty five. You're at Cameron's at sixty. My goodness, why so low on Chris Olave? He's a hot one in the community. <laughs> I just, just, just who I just don't know how this offense is gonna work <laughs> it's more so just a confusion ranking that it i'm is just a... <laughs> like it's a it's a fist clencher of just like why why <laughs> is he here why um no look olave i mean they traded up for him in the draft he's a very good wide receiver compared you know regardless of what people will say he's a very good wide receiver i think cam and i both share the sentiment of the reason of you know with Mike Thomas solo, with Chris Olave solo, we're just saying we're not touching these guys. We're not taking these guys at all, at all, because we don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd be willing to take Chris Olave in the later rounds, but I'm as, not. As like, a flyer, right? Because, like, yeah. late rounds, you want, like, rookie upside. I can yeah. understand that with Olave. Which is what I'm doing with Olave. I want rookie upside at that point. Yep. I'm guessing the wide receiver you want is Jarvis Landry. Ding, ding, ding. I uh, give your 30, 30 second, almost at 30 minutes, 30 second explanation on why you want Jarvis Landry over Michael Tom. Not over, but like if you were to draft one Saints wide receiver, why would it be Jarvis Landry? <laughs> what if I told <laughs> what if I told you I don't really have an argument for Jarvis Landry? I've just got a gut feeling. You think I, that's fine with his ADP. It's, it's, it's gut feeling. That's what it is at his ADP. It's all gut feelings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is he going to be like a league winner? No, 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 no. Um, Could he be the best value? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. And that's, and that's the game you're playing at that point. Exactly. That's my argument. Thanks Lucas. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I, I helped, I helped get you there. <laughs> You saw, the, you saw the panic in my eyes. I'm like, uh, uh, uh he wasn't uh, ready for this question. I would no, did not think this far ahead. <laughs> uh, most frustrating player to rank in this division. That's how we'll wrap this up. Most frustrating player to rank. Uh, Jameis Winston. If I'm going to be completely yep, honest, we didn't talk Jameis about him. Winston. Um, or 
or honestly, Michael Thomas. Yeah. I was going to go with Michael Thomas or Russell Gage mm-hmm. with the Julio news. Now he be, he became so frustrating for me to try and figure out how he fits in. So I gave up and left him where I had him. <laughs> uh, easiest player, easiest player to fit in here. Or, or maybe I should say most confident ranking. That's what I'll say. Uh, I would say Christian McCaffrey and I know the comments and the people will just go after me for it, but Christian McCaffrey <laughs> with what we know he can do. It's easiest projection. Um, if we're excluding Christian McCaffrey, mine's Tom Brady. I was going to say, if we're not doing CMC, it's Brady. Yep. Yep. Mine's Tom Brady. Oh, that was our elongated. Oh, not even elongated. We just had 20 minutes of news today that we had to go through. Um, thanks Happy for listening. NFL season. Happy <laughs> NFL season. We'll keep, we'll obviously have these podcasts shorter, but that's what we get for trying to cruise through a whole division in one episode and having literally 10 plus pieces of news to, to, to mention and discuss a little bit. So, Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fells podcast. Don't forget. Oh. There it is. It, it, it glitched. One more. I got to do it. I got to send the people out on a good note. There it is. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> I, it lagged on my end and I got the tail end, but not the. Anyways, uh, Underdog Fantasy, we're hosting 50 leagues in 50 days over there. Uh, make sure to hop in our Discord first dibs on joining those leagues every single day. Sign up with the code FELLAS. Match on your first deposit up to $100. Go get in on the action. Try and win yourself $2 million boxes here. I I hate to say it. The prize is already won by us. but Yeah, it's just, it's just the facts. you want to try and take it from us, you're welcome to. Um, yeah, make sure you go do that. Otherwise, uh, get in on our draft guide as well. We're making updates to that literally every single week and now that training camp is starting the updates will just be flying left and right on those so uh, make sure to buy that you will get updates with the draft guide so you don't have to like pay for a new draft guide closer to the season if you pay your five dollars now you get updates until week one kickoff so i already we already made the pitch over 600 projections on 200 players because there's players three of us three of us right five dollars it is the best five dollars you will ever spend I would give up three for five dollar Mountain Dews at the gas station to buy the fellas draft guide. Wow, are you are you feeling okay? Yeah, because that's how I'm confident I am in our draft guide, and that's how I know I'm, I'm that confident people are going to win leagues because of it this year. So yes, sir. So yeah, go go get your hands on our draft guide. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up the episode? Sorry for the long episode, but you know what? It's football. It's how the cards fell today. It's how the Chicken clock. How the cookie crumbles. How the cookie. Cr- <laughs> we got to go. Jackson, cut it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast. Uh, we're the FF Fellas on Twitter. Uh, sorry, FF Fellas on Twitter. The FF Fellas on Instagram. Fantasy Football Fellas, Facebook, YouTube. Good old TikTok. Uh, make sure you get in on our giveaway. You heard that at the beginning of the episode. Uh, thanks, thanks for tuning in again, y'all. We will, we will see you. You're still laughing. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week when the chicken clocks deuces, <laughs> deuces. <laughs>